You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. surrounds us and we often we often become participants of what is taking place as well so the thing of uh, just operating in uh, pure joy uh, which I hope this message can bring some of that home for us so I just want to kind of bring some backdrop to the story we're going to come out of first Peter chapter 2 uh, verses 1 through 10 so if you have your Bibles or your apps you want to turn there and we're going to just pull from some points there but just kind of give us a little bit of background uh, what Peter is talking about in this epistle. Uh, Christianity may have been brought back uh, by the pilgrim Jews converted in Jerusalem. If you look in Acts chapter 2, verse 9. Am I a little loud or no? I'm good? Okay. Acts chapter 2, verse 9. More likely, these churches included and founded by the apostle Paul on his first and second uh, missionary journeys and others by unknown missionaries as well. Peter does not include himself among those who have preached uh, the gospel uh, into these particular regions. Um, he gives that account in uh, the first chapter, uh, verse 12. He says, many scholars think I, Peter, was—I'm uh, sorry. He says, Peter does not include himself among those who have preached the gospel uh, to those in these particular areas, but many scholars uh, think Peter was uh, written also from Rome. And um, the clue is found in chapter 5, verse 13, where he says, She who is in Babylon, uh, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings. Uh, Babylon was often a code name for Rome, so which symbolized a big, evil, powerful, uh, a big, evil, powerful city, and was substituted as a kind of code name for much early Christian writings during that time. And the letter serves as how believers are to live in a society where Christians are often misunderstood. Uh, the immediate future for the church, even at that time, was uh, to face increase uh, to face an increase in the conflict uh, with the troubling world. So you imagine what the world looked like then. Just think about the world we live in today, where there's conflict and there's turmoil. 
but how do we still maintain uh, our maturity in the things of God and a genuine, pure joy for the Lord? So let's just read through 1 Peter chapter 2. So like I said, if you have your Bibles and your apps, I'm just going to go through, uh, through verse 10. It says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, envy slander of every kind, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable through Jesus Christ. Amen. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what, what they were destined for. Now, this is a uh, prophetic word coming out of Isaiah. He's given us a picture of, of the church, basic to encourage the people during his time. You have to remember that Isaiah wrote this portion uh, of text out of Isaiah 750 years before the life of Jesus. So it was an encouragement that served for the church then, and it served as an encouragement for what Peter was writing a letter, and I want to just tell you, it also serves as encouragement for, for the church today. So Isaiah pictures the, the church, right, as a building. And so he says in his encouragement here that we are to build on the Lord himself, the one who is immovable and unchangeable, the one who cannot be shaken, Right? So Jesus is the foundation stone, the cornerstone. The picture is from building a temple. And Isaiah 28, 16 reads like this. Those who trust in him will not panic. Those who trust in him will not panic. Those who trust in Jesus, as the earlier text said, will never be put to shame. So in Matthew 16, if you have your Bibles, Matthew 16, 18, Scripture tells us this. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome. And Jesus is not pointing to the ground when he's talking about upon this rock that I will build my church. He's not pointing to the ground. He's not pointing to Peter. He's pointing to himself as the rock. Upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, verse 9 says this, but you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now, church, but now, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is for us today, folks. Let's just take a look at what Peter uh, is saying, but also just want to take a look at what we are going to unfold today. He says, therefore, rid yourselves. 
He says, rid yourselves of these, um, I want to just reply, refer to them as these garments, because basically he's talking about rid yourselves, like take off, strip off these garments. And Peter is more likely reminding the people who he's writing this letter to um, what's symbolized in their baptism. As I mentioned, the, the chapter opens up with just removing, just stripping off these old garments. And he says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. And if you remember, Jody and Vanessa taught in our maturity series and gave many examples about spiritual growth. And um, as Christians, each of us are to, are to crave this pure natural milk in contrast to the deceit, what Peter's talking about, what he's referring to, which is the old form of life in which Peter opens up within this chapter. And our lives are marked with continuous growth. Church, we are continually growing. We never arrive. So when we say I've arrived and I've, you know, I've landed where I want to be in my Christian walk, actually, we have settled. And when we settle is when we begin to just, we become not even lukewarm. It's beyond that. We are not even followers of Jesus at this point. So when we have that opportunity to allow ourselves to grow in the Lord, and become stronger in our faith in Jesus and through the Holy Spirit's guidance and his help, who is our helper. He's our teacher. And the Holy Spirit is giving us the spiritual wisdom and the counsel that we need to grow into the spiritual maturity that is necessary for all of us. And so Peter has given us these transitions, saying, I want you to rid yourselves and I want you to drink the spiritual milk, which is going to help you to grow. But then he says this, now that, the, now that you have tasted the Lord is good. It's coming from the Psalms 34, verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Church, are you able to taste and see that the Lord is good in your life? Are you able to taste and see the victories of God in your own life? It says, those who have come to taste the graciousness and goodness of the Lord are encouraged to have an ongoing and continual appetite for spiritual food. So Hebrews 5, 13, 14 says this, solid food is for the mature and for anyone who is still an infant is not acquainted with teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Boy. Does that not apply to us today, church, that we'll be able to, to distinguish between good and evil as we continue to grow um, in the things of God? How vital is that for each of us? How vital is that for the church at large as a whole to be able to distinguish between good and evil? Because we live in a time um, in our nation where the things that can often attract us to um, what we think is more will be those things that very much are the political powers, the, the political structures of the nation that tells you um, to rely on government. And I'm not anti-government at all. I'm not anti-government. But what I am saying that our first relationship is with Jesus. A first relationship with Jesus and then with one another. Now, Jesus will give us the words to say when we encounter those who are in positions of leadership to be able to bring a word to them um, in your sphere. It can be in your local assembly. It can be in a large assembly. But the, the word of God, will, the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say at the right time to his people.
when we come to Jesus by revelation of the Holy Spirit, folks, we become immediately alive. We become transformed. Followers of Christ are being built into what Peter is talking about, this spiritual house. And this spiritual house is what we're talking about, the foundation of Jesus, what is built upon. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus referring to himself as the rock. We also are participants, and we become these stones placed in this spiritual house, what Peter is talking about. We become media alive in Jesus and followers of Christ built into a spiritual house that includes all believers, all ages, all ethnicities, all, from the young to the old. If you remember in the book of Acts, it talks about my young and my old will prophesy, dream dreams, and have visions. Church, we need not disqualify ourselves because of our ages. Do you understand what I mean? Do not disqualify yourself because of your age. We're all very much relevant in the kingdom of God. So I like this passage of scripture, what Peter's talking about. Said so this include, includes all believers, the young and the old, our young people, our young people upstairs, our young people like, and says as being built into this spiritual house. And when anyone comes to Christ, a new stone is being added to the spiritual house or the temple of God, right? Which is the body of Christ, the church. A new stone is being added, placed on stones, on top of stones. The stones are living and alive because Jesus is alive and we become alive in him. The foundation of God building is his son, Jesus Christ, the living stone. Now, these two scriptures, as we read in 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5, these two verses picture how Christ and his followers are to join, are joined by God himself. And Jesus is the chosen stone of the Father, and he is precious. And church, guess what? Each one of us, because of Jesus, not in ourselves, we are precious also. We are precious in his sight. Despite what the past looks like, despite anything, despite who you may think or consider yourselves to have been before in your present life or, or what may be taking place now, I want to give us some examples of what this looks like. Uh, far as like, who are these living stones? Um, who are the who who are the priesthood? Who are the priesthood made of? Who is this holy nation of God? We're talking about in our series right now, the church as a holy nation. Who is this? Who are these people? What are the? What are they? What are they? Um, what is the? The best question I want to ask. Who, who are these collection of people that make up the holy nation? I want to give us some examples. Peter's letter is written to Christians scattered far and wide in many regions. This unique collection of people become the living stones, the priesthood and holy nation or holy race when we say yes to Jesus. When we say yes to Jesus, we become a part of this race, this holy nation, this holy group of people. Church, this is where I want to talk to us right here is that if you think about salvation, right? It is like a suddenly that takes place in your life. And the suddenly is this. It says suddenly you were, you live one life one way. And then within a twinkling of an eye, your life transformed from out of darkness into the living. So that separation of from darkness to life 
when you say yes to Jesus occurs immediately. And the Apostle Paul's life gives us some examples of what this looks like. Examples of being transformed out of darkness into light. For if you remember when Paul in the book of Acts was literally a flash or a twinkling for the Apostle Paul of this radical transformation that took place in his life. Paul's question as he encountered Jesus on the Damascus Road Church was this. Remember when in the book of Acts chapter 9 says when Peter has, I mean, when uh, the Apostle Paul has this encounter with Jesus, the question that he has is, who are you, Lord? What essentially he does, he answers his own question, who are you, Lord? What did he do prior to that? He basically persecuted the church at that point. And he killed a many of Christians, man, which is horrific, man. He slaughtered and killed. Bible doesn't go into account, you know, exactly who he killed, but he slaughtered a many of Christians. As he slaughtered them and as he killed them, he has this Damascus Road experience where this light beamed in his eyes and this revelation of Lord came out of his own mouth. And if you remember on the day of Pentecost, some of the same men who crucified Jesus, right, were hatreds in their hearts, became like living stones immediately. They were cut to the heart by the gospel. And in, second, in Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 37, Peter gives us this account right at the end of his message as he's preaching to this crowd. He says this, Therefore, all Israel, be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. The hearers were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? You see, the word brothers establishes immediate response, a fellowship, a unity, a trust and belief towards God, a trust and a belief and a faith towards God. Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. Immediately, immediately, church, immediately, these men became followers of Christ, not having to prove their trustworthiness, not having to prove their salvation at that point, not having to prove whether or not are you really saved. They became immediately men who were transformed by the Holy Spirit. And saying these men were to become lovers of Jesus. Amen. Can we, can we just give uh, an amen to that? Become lovers amen. of Jesus. Acts 10. In, in the account of Cornelius and his household, a Roman centurion by all accounts, was a God-fearing man. What scripture tells you, he was a God-fearing man. Also, by all accounts, a good man. How many of you know good people? How many of you know good people who necessarily don't have a relationship with the Lord? I can raise my hand to that. I know many good people. I love good people. As a matter of fact, I tend to have fun with good people. I don't know if they necessarily have fun with me, but I have fun with them. <laughs> I enjoy being around good people, church. Um, matter of fact, I enjoy some of my friends who are good people that don't necessarily know the Lord. But regardless whether or not if they're, you know, they're good people, they're still 
in a fractured relationship with Jesus, although I do love them. And I pray, man, for folks like that, even in your own lives, that you come across of the, the prayer you can pray is that, Lord, that you are a laborer in their pathway, but the Lord will send laborers in their pathways, and that the Lord will bring them to, um, to have encounters with folks beside yourselves that can reveal Jesus to them. This is vital for the body of Christ. We know good people. We are around good people. Some of our family members are good people, right? So while I want to just pick up on this again. While Peter says, while Peter was still speaking to these words, the Holy Spirit came upon these people in Cornelius' household, and the message and the whole household began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Man, they began to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Church, the contrast is this. Paul, who was a man who had hatred in his heart, the men that crucified Jesus were people who had hatred in their heart towards Jesus. We see this man here, Cornelius, who is by all account a good man. So we see this, this, this good people, right? People filled with hatred. People with hatred, good people. Look, in the economy of heaven, it's all the same before Jesus. One doesn't outweigh the other. Whether if we have been walking with the Lord, if we served, if we came to Jesus at the age of five, six, seven, or eight, or at the age of 85 and 90, we're all his children, and it's all the same to him. And just as an encouragement, as I just want to pick back up where you are right now. I want you to know that don't disqualify yourself because of your age. Some of you may think you're too young. Some may say they're too old. But that doesn't have any bearings with Jesus. Jesus loves you right where you are. And it says that he appoints people in the time and places where they dwell. That has nothing to do with your age. And Luke 15, 7 says this, I tell you that the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. These are more likely to be people who are devout people. Um, in other words, they have no gross sin. How many people you know like that? There's nothing gross taking place. Like I said, by all account, good people. Um, no gross sin, nothing really like you know, um, something that we recognize as being um, something horrific taking place in our lives. But the thing is, if you're not in relationship with Jesus, who is the chief cornerstone, who we build our lives on, then our lives are actually are in a fractured place. And the wonderful thing about this church is that no matter where we are, no matter where we are, and I gave examples of what that looks like far as like just being in different places and there's far more stories but wherever you are wherever you've been that you come immediately out of this pit of sin into this place being placed on the foundation of the living stones we become living stones immediately suddenly right before the lord without having to prove being trustworthy without having to be have to prove our salvation we become followers of Jesus immediately into a loving relationship with the Lord. 
Many people may believe about themselves, and some of you may have asked your own self these questions. You don't understand my past. You may have said this about yourself. You don't understand my past, and they think they're undeserving to be in a relationship with Jesus. But Jesus knows your past, your present, and your future. Jesus is all-knowing, and there is no changing of the past. In some situations, there may not be a changing of your past, but your future is a different story. Your future can have a new starting point. And when you're on that new starting point, you're on the pathway of righteousness. And I just want to say, church, wherever you are, I don't want you to disqualify, again, where you think you may be in life, that Jesus desires you and he desires everything about you. And in him, the whole building, Ephesians 2.20 says this, and in him, the whole building is joined together. These living stones are joined together. We are joined together and rises, or in some translations will reference the word as grow to become a holy temple. There is a progression. We grow to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you, reigns in you, has everything about you, knows everything about you. You begin to know him. He begins to become your teacher. You become a follower of Jesus in a deeper, more, um, and more of an ongoing relationship. So don't get caught up by this big fancy word, sanctification. But yes, you're being sanctified. You are being renewed over and over again in knowing Jesus. And we are going to be that ongoing uh, work until we are joined up in heaven with our Lord. And the wonderful thing about that, we also can do that within community. Community gives us the opportunity to do this as well. I know there's been areas in my own life personally where I've hit a stumbling block, man. Even in the things of God, I've hit a stumbling block. But then when I rely on those, man, who are, who are just those encouragers, who are able to come alongside me and just begin to speak and breathe life into me, man. I wanted to share a story with you, um, how I was really encouraged. And 20 years ago, I woke up on a Sunday morning and my wife passed away. I've shared the story many a times. But as she passed away, man, I'm going to tell you something. There was nothing holy that came out of my mouth at that moment. You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> I was devastated. Hey, but get this. There were so many things, events that took place then. But I want to tell you, one of the things that was saving grace for me was that I ran to a community of people that I really didn't know. And I didn't have a relationship. And there was a church, a little church in Norwalk. And as I began to run to that church, and I began to run more and more to that church, those group of people embraced me right away. And as they embraced me, man, they literally just set out a table before me and allowed me to eat there. And as I ate at that table, man, I found myself getting spirit spiritually nourished. I want to share this with you as well. Uh, many of people have asked me, well, what happened prior to, you know, your wife passing? Were you living in sin? Like, no. Did you know Jesus? Uh, yes, I did. I knew the Lord, and so did my wife. 
those are often go-tos, man, because when something as devastating takes place in your life and it's so changing, it's so gut-changing, often the first go-to questions can be, what was taking place in your life? Well, understand this, things happen to the people of God, man. But when we allow ourselves to come into this place and when we become those, we become living stones, but we may not necessarily feel like we're alive, there's other stones, the people of God, the church, the body of Christ, who can begin to breathe on us, love on us, see us brought back to healing, made whole again, and begin to be an encouragement for someone else. Is that all right, church? Is that okay? You see, Peter says this, but you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Now you are the people of God. Once you had, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for mercy. You didn't give me what my sin deserved. That's how much you love us all. We have received mercy. And what Peter is doing, he's placing emphasis, church, on the but you. But you. And he's referring to this. If you just pick up in that verse 7 and 8 out of this text, he talks about the disobedient, those who were the, those who, um, were against Jesus, those who weren't followers of Christ. He says, the disobedient, those who disobey the word. But he says, but you, emphasizing those who he's writing the letter to and to us as well. We are the but you's today. The but you. And he says this, Peter is marking the contrast between those mentioned, as I said, in verse 7 and 8. And this text is a reminder, really, out of the Exodus account. If you have your Bibles, or if you have your apps, I want to just touch on this, the Exodus cap, verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 6. And this is the account when Israel was in the desert. He says this, remember Israel was enslaved by the Egyptians, right, church, for 400 years. So Moses was chosen by God to, um, to, to redeem the Israelites out of Egypt, um, to redeem them out of their captivity. And the Exodus account tells us, now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, and then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be, for me, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. He's speaking a new identity over them. Huh. Have we been captured before in slavery? Well, you know what? Yes and no. Yes, we have been captured by maybe many of you. I'll speak for myself. I'm not going to talk for you about that. I'll just say it for me. Yes, I have been dead in my sin. I have been. I have been dead in my sin. Yes, just like that. And the Lord has brought me out into a spacious place before. And in that spacious place, I find myself having to go further and walk more and walk more in the things of God but also find myself stumbling along the way. I don't know about you, church. I've stumbled even while being saved. I've stumbled. And so in this thing about being a holy priesthood, a holy nation, he's giving them a new identity about who they are. Moses is speaking that over the people during that time. 
But that's also relevant for us today because Peter is declaring this over the church then and he's declaring it and it's being declared today that we become um, this royal priesthood, this holy nation, this group of people set apart for the purposes and plans of God, being able to make, not only have change in our lives begin to take place, but also begin to make vital changes in the society we are to live in. And as a people, as a people, as the church, we are this collective race group of people, uniquely different, special giftings, anointings, capacity to lead and serve that are viable people in the, in the kingdom of God that can make impact in the lives around us. And that is the unique difference of being this holy priesthood, this royal priesthood, this holy nation that God has given us a mandate, man, to be exceptional people, man. Wow, to be exceptional people, to be people who operate uh, out of the capacity of Jesus, man, just gifted people, people who are encouraged, people who are strong, who have been strengthened in the Lord, uh, people that can breathe this, um, these types of giftings on those around us, as I mentioned. And something I just want to give us some uh, clarity to about the priesthood that Moses was talking about. In the Old Testament, priests were chosen by God, not self-appointed, and they were chosen for a, for a purpose. Priests were chosen for a purpose to serve God with their lives by offering up sacrifices. So here we go. The priesthood served as a picture, get this church, as a type of the coming ministry of Jesus, a picture that was then no longer needed once his sacrifice on the cross was completed. When Jesus' work on the cross was completed, we didn't need to no longer go to a priest in the Old Testament. No, the priest during that time served as mediators between the people and God. And when that took place, since when that took place, the thick temple curtain that covered the doorway into the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom, and as it was torn, it was a sign of what had arrived. You see, as the Holy of Holies was torn into by God at that time, by Christ's death, God was indicating that the Old Testament priesthood was no longer necessary. Now people can come directly to God through Jesus Christ, the great high priest, we can go to him. And so now Jesus Christ, he now serves as our mediator. Now there's no earthly mediators between God and man uh, as existed in this Old Testament priesthood. What is the assignment of priests? What is the assignment, folks? To offer sacrifices. Offer sacrifices. And our role and our assignment is to offer spiritual sacrifices. We are to present ourselves as spiritual sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. For is it a spiritual act of worship? What does sacri sacrificial look like? Well, it, it looks different in many areas, but you know, in your giving, uh, the will of God in your life, uh, over your, over, just over your whole being, who you are in God, and sin, many other areas, being sacrificial. But man, what does that look like? Just like, Lord, here I am before you. Lord, I ask you to arrest 
my thoughts, Lord. Lord, I ask you to have full authority in me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I, 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 can't, I can't begin to move and operate without you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Is that something that for you that you maybe wrestle with? Is that a reality for you that, Holy Spirit, you're my teacher, you're my helper? I don't need to go to a person or a man. Yes, I have brothers around me and people of God around me who I find who are encouragers and people I, I submit under their authority. But right now, this is in my prayer time that I'm going before the Lord. So what is your what does your time look like? Are you able to sacrifice? Often we look to um, just want to say it like this uh, entertainment uh, television or TV, like the even in the Christian circles, we look towards like. Uh, these, you know, high profile, uh, maybe not really high profile, but those who are on TV ministries, radio ministries, whatever it is, you know, as those that, you know, have the gift, the anointing, and it's their ministry, you know, you may want to run after, but man, this is between you and God. And I want to tell you something. When I told you about when I lost my wife, man, let me tell you this. One of the things I found myself doing was going before the Lord and being sacrificial. tell you something. I don't share this too much, but I remember just bawling, just crying my eyes out. As I sat on my bed, I remember just saying, Lord, what has happened? And the Holy Spirit said this so plain and clear. I want you to sit down. I want you to sit down. Man, this is after people had grieved with me Man, they returned back to their destinations, then reality set in. <laughs> right here. God and myself. And he said this. I want you to feel this. I'm like, all right. And immediately, like this. That was back now. Immediately. Man, it was like a, a dagger exploded through my chest. I remember it to this day. And the first words I cried out was, Oh, Lord, I can't take this. This hurts. And he said this, you've just been healed. And I want to tell you something. Immediately, I went from crying, man, to laughing. It's crazy, right? From crying to laughing. Because what I had experienced in the midst of that was the joy of the Lord that just broke right through. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Sacrificial, being sacrificial. What does that look like for you? Being sacrificial. What does it look like allowing others to come alongside of you as these breathing and living stones, being able to encourage you, breathe life in you? What does that look like for you? Because you're just not stones, what Peter's talking about. You're also the priesthood, means you have full access. You have full access to God. And collectively, as a people of God, as a holy people, we also have full access. There's things I believe, church, that often divide that holy nation, the holy nation of God. And even in the body of Christ, and I want to tell you, many of it is sure ignorance. Don't get caught into it. We're going to go, we're going to touch on that a little bit later. As a holy nation, God chosen 
us purely because he loved, because his love and grace for us. He loved us. He first loved us. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Our citizenship is heaven. Our language, our customs, our lives, our identity, our ministries, our hearts belong to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. As the holy nation, a race of people belonging under one banner of, the, of God. Man, I was reading, I'm not going to go into it, but I was reading uh, this thing about the Pledge of Allegiance. I often thought, man, I was, I, actually I was heartbroken by it if you read it and it's the original language of it. A pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. One nation. Rubbish. All nations, man. All nations, all races, all groups of people. Culture in this day and time can tell you that literally, almost like that God loves his American church more so than any other church. Garbage. Garbage, 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 garbage. I don't care how patriotic. <laughs> it's rubbish. It's rubbish. Our language, our culture, our customs, our lives, our identity, our ministries, our hearts belong to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith as a holy nation, a holy race of people belonging under the banner of God. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 through 6 says this, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and a priest to serve his God and Father, to him to be the glory and power forever and ever and ever and ever, church, and ever. Jesus, we need you. Church, I want to pray for us because I really felt like, can I have my phone, babe? I'm sorry. There were some areas I really felt like the Lord was highlighting, and um, I began to write it down. I was writing it down even during worship. One of the things I want to pray for um, is this area of just mindsets, negative thoughts. And what I mean by that is this. Often as a people, we get we're conditioned to believe the worst or negative thoughts before believing the best. You know, it's almost like we're afraid to believe the best and we think the worst so we won't be disappointed when we don't get the results we, we really and truly want. That, that's a hard issue right there. And that's not, that's not, there's no God aspect in there. And I feel like the Lord said, I want to deal with that. And if that's you, just where you are, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to stand up or anything, but that, if that's you, I want to pray in these areas. Another area, I want, I want us to just, as a church, begin to believe the best for one another. That's as an encouragement, to believe the best. Believe the best for one another in your own families. Believe the best for those in your communities. Man, let me tell you, I, this resonates with me because, boy, I live around people I, I really don't believe the best sometimes. So I'm preaching to myself, okay? <laughs> believe the best for one another. And also believe the best towards Jesus, his church, his bride. 
And it was something that was spoken prophetically that I got out of this morning. Knowing, knowing God has given you access to approach the throne of grace because God desires to go deeper in you to heal you, to heal you. You have full access to God who desires to go deeper in you. Yes, you may live one way and you may be tempted to go back to some ways. I believe the Lord is wanting to adjust those things right now. So if you have, you struggling with any areas of thoughts about believing the worst instead of believing God's best, I want to pray for you. And also believing the best for one another. That includes your family, uh, the community you live in, and even the church. Uh, I want to pray for you and just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, just want to pray that these uh, these garments, Lord, these rags be broken, Lord. They be stripped off, Lord. These filthy rags, Lord, that have no place in our lives, Lord. Because, Lord, you give us a joy that will overflow in us and out of us, Lord, that will just allow life to flow in us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we need the life of you, the life of you to flow in us, through us, Holy Spirit, to be the people, Lord, that you desire us to be, Lord. Uh, cannot be holy and godly people, Lord, in our own strength, Lord. We can only become holy and godly people in you, Holy Spirit, by you. Jesus, we thank you that we, we, are, we can place our lives and live our lives on the foundation of you. What a privilege, Lord. But Father, yes, with privilege comes responsibility, Lord. And so, Father, we just thank you for the privilege of being able to be alive in you, through you, by you. Thank you for being this firm foundation, unmovable, unchangeable. Lord, we thank you. I pray that over everyone in here, Lord. Pray that, Lord, everyone in here. Jesus, Jesus, your mighty name. Jesus, your mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen, church. Amen. Awesome. Good stuff, Kenny. Church, we are a holy nation, holy church, the body of Christ. We are called to be set apart. Amen? Awesome. Um, yeah, so I don't know how to transition. Thank you once again, Kenny. Good word. Um, but now we are, yeah, I really don't know how to transition this one. Uh, Jordan had us all grown men crying like babies last night. So Jordan, let me invite you up. Let's see if I could hold back some tears until a little later. Uh, this is Jordan Romero. Can you guys say we love you, Jordan? Uh, this, he, this is his last Sunday here at our church, and uh, we believe that if you are going to leave Restoration LA, we're praying and believing that you're going for more, and Jordan Romero does believe that he is going for more. We believe as a church, huh? Yeah. Um, we believe it's more, uh, but I just wanted him to give a little intro about what's happening, then we got some things that we want you to watch, and then uh, we can pray for him. Um, as a church. Does that sound good? Yes? Right. 
Uh, hi, for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Jordan. Um, I'm a deacon here at Restoration LA. I'm also uh, Jody's son, his oldest son. Uh, and I'm a son of the church. I've been here pretty much my whole life. And I've experienced so much love um, and just joy in this place. And so I'm leaving um, to go and be a part of a church in Australia called Extreme Life Church. Um, some of you guys might know Paul Collinson. He's come to visit a few times and preach here. He's a big, tall, Aussie dude, kind of intimidating. Um, but I'm going to go be a part of that church. And kind of one of the biggest reasons why I'm going to is because I have a girlfriend out there. And uh, I'm trying to, get, trying to get married. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I think it all works together, though. So although I am going uh, to be married, and that's an, an amazing thing, I'm also going to go and, and be a part of that church and, and do my best to, to be a blessing to them uh, and to be obedient to, to Christ and, and what I feel he's asking me to do. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's why I'm going. And, uh... Yeah, Jordan has... Um... Ben, he's a church planner. He's uh, Jody and Vanessa's oldest son. He's been here every step of the way. Uh, this young man has been a deacon in the life of this church. He has led the teenagers for the last five years. Um, there is nothing that he has not done. Uh, hundreds and tons and thousands of things that he has done that a lot of you have never noticed and will never know. Uh, but he is definitely an important member of this church. And he's an important person in my life and in a lot of people's lives. Um, so we got some videos that we want you to share a lot or to see a lot of people have some some thoughts about you as well so yeah yeah hey jordan and restoration la it's great to uh, speak to you over this camera today uh, jordan i'm very much looking forward to seeing you soon we will get to welcome you in person to come and be part of uh, serving Jesus in Extreme Life Church. We're looking forward to having you here. I know Abby's already sent you our communications links. You're part of our database. I can actually roster you now to, to do things in the life of our church. So be on the lookout for those, mates. You're gonna get rostered some tasks very soon. Uh, kind of funny that you get here just after I leave for three weeks. So I hope you're good to preach all three Sundays while I'm away. Uh, you'll get your roster invites in due course. Just kidding, I will let you settle in a little bit before I make you preach three consecutive Sundays. But Restoration LA, uh, thank you for releasing Jordan. We know he's been a blessing to you guys over the years and we know he's gonna be a blessing to us over here for a while in uh, Warrnambool in Australia, in Extreme Life Church. We're looking forward to having him here in person soon. And don't worry, we'll load him up with way more work than he had to do in Restoration LA. We'll make sure that he sleeps really well at night because we've worked him so hard all day. Actually, we'll work him all night as well. He's going to have a great time, a great season. He's going to be a huge blessing to us, our family and the church here. And uh, again, thank you for releasing him to come be here and be part of this. Uh, we have an ongoing relationship with Restoration LA anyway, so I will keep you informed and uh, up to date about what's happening and what he's up to and, and where he's at and what he's doing and all of those things. And uh, yeah, I look forward to coming and seeing you guys in person again soon now that all the COVID 
restrictions have lifted over here in Australia and we're allowed in and out again. So hopefully I'll get to see all you guys in person again soon. Bless you guys. Love you guys. Thanks again. I just wanted to take a moment to welcome Jordan to Extreme Life Church. We are so excited to have you here with us at Extreme Life in Warrnambool and I am so excited to have you here with us Jordan. Uh, it's going to be so good and I know that you've been such a blessing to Restoration LA and I know that you're going to be such a blessing here at Extreme Life in Warrnambool. Um, everyone is so excited to meet you and get to know you and I'm excited to see you just be a part of our church and serve at our church and grow in our church and see you just see what God's wanting to do through you and in you here in Warrnambool. So it's very, very exciting. Uh, I know that Jordan's been such a blessing to you guys at Restoration LA. Um, thank you for releasing him. And he is going to be such a blessing here in Warrnambool. We are very excited. I am very excited. Love you guys. Hey Jordan, congratulations on your journey. You're taking all the way over to Australia. Um, I'm just so encouraged and so proud of you. And uh, on behalf of everybody here at Turning Point Church out here in Norco and uh, my family, uh, man, we love you so much. And uh, I'm excited for you. And I'm, be, I'm gonna be committed to praying for you. And uh, just can't wait to see what God does through this journey. Um, and uh, just wanna congratulate you, man. I'm really praying for you, believing for you. And uh, congratulations. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to come out there and visit you soon. Hey bro, first and foremost, just wanted to say how proud I am of you. I'm just so proud of the man that you are. I'm proud to, to be your brother. I'm proud of uh, the patience you've had um, and the perseverance you, you've shown in this past season. I know it's been a long journey um, and there's uh, finally been some breakthrough. And so um, just praise the Lord for that. I'm just so encouraged by you, bro. Um, I'm so excited um, and just ready to see what the Lord has for you in this next season. I know it's such a big step that you're taking. Um, so I just wanted to encourage you, bro, and just uh, um, just uh, take it head on, man, and just know that the Lord has your back. Um, he has a, a greater plan, and, and we're already seeing it unfold. And so I'm just so excited for um, just what he has. I'm excited for uh, your relationship with Eden to unfold, just all these things that um, I can see springing up in the future, bro. I'm just so happy for you. I uh, just wanted to let you know that I love you. I'm here for you. Um, I'm always a call away, always a text away. Um, I can't wait to see you soon. Love you, bro. Bye. Hey, bro. Hey, Jordan. It's your mom and your dad. And we just want to tell you how much we love you. We want to tell you how proud we are of you. And I think it goes without saying uh, that we are going to miss you tremendously. Um, you are our firstborn son. Um, you are, uh, man, have done the first of many things in the life of our family. And so. It's no surprise to us uh, that you would be the first to go to the nations. And man, um, you, you raise your kids to have a heart for the nations. And I don't know if you're ever prepared to actually send them, but I know that this is God and we are extremely proud to send you to Extreme Life and um, know that God is paving a way for you um, in, in tremendous ways. and. So we are excited for you, and we can't wait to see all that God is going to do for you. Uh, we will miss you, but uh, man, your future is far greater than uh, what lies behind, and so that's what excites us the most. Yeah. 
We definitely are going to miss you, Pops. Um, we love you so much. And this isn't really goodbye. I think this is uh, mostly like see you later. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing you the next time. But we're super proud of you. And we know that it's going to be pretty challenging. I think anyone in your, in your shoes is going to be a little challenging. But God has blessings waiting for you over there. And he has a future. And I just believe that um, if you believe that, you stand firm on what you know and you, who you know, um, you're gonna you're gonna see big things happening and just know that restoration la is here for you that uh, your parents and your brothers and sisters are here for you and you're always going to be part of us no matter what uh, so we're going to miss you but you can always reach out and we'll be we'll be reaching out to you and just know that you are extremely loved here and uh, you're a blessing you're going to be a blessing to the nations absolutely enjoy your final day with um, our restoration family we're sorry we're not there but we'll see you when we get home and give you a, a good romero send-off so. that's right for today, uh, we love you. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Yeah. We love you, boy. Awesome. Okay. So we had the opportunity to have a barbecue uh, last night in honor of Jordan uh, to raise uh, just some, <laughs> some finances and they say kind of our last goodbyes, but this is actually his last Sunday here, so we wanted to give an opportunity for all of you to uh, be able to say your goodbyes. Not your last goodbyes, because I'm sure you're going to come back, but this um, serving in RLA as you go to Extreme Life. So this is your last Sunday. So I'm going to invite you up, and I'm going to invite uh, some of the, our leaders and anybody else who wants to come and join us for prayer. Um, we also want to open the floor to anybody who has any encouraging words. Um, this is a this is a good moment, and this is a good this is a, an important moment I believe in the life of our church because, like Jody said, we we believe in the nations, we believe in sending, and it's sad when when we actually have to send people, but it's always for the more, it's always for uh, God's glory, and um, yeah, we want to send this kid off with a blessing, we want to show him we love him, and um, yeah, I, I'm definitely proud to be bro, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, just like your brother said, like, we are proud of you. We have your back. And um, I'm encouraged to see what God's going to do for you and what you're going to do for Extreme Life in Australia. Amen? Awesome. So if we can, let's just uh, extend our hands. And I'm going to pass this microphone to anybody who wants to, to start it off. Jordan, just want to thank the Lord for who he's, what he's done in you, what he's doing in you right now, and just thank the Lord that he is doing a continued work in you, enlarging you uh, to be um, a very impactful young man uh, in the kingdom. And Lord, and I just thank you that there's a hedge of protection around him, and I just pray, Lord, that hedge of protection, uh, Lord, that is wherever he travels, wherever he goes, Lord. Uh, Father, I just pray over Jordan, Lord, the call of God upon his life, Lord, that you shield him, protect him, Lord, and just um, give him, Lord, that assurance of hope, Lord, in you, uh, Lord, even in times of testing, Lord, that he knows that, um, that he is able to call on you, Lord, and you will answer, and Lord, that he also has those around him, Lord, that he can allow to love upon him as well, Lord Jesus, and I pray that, Lord, in your mighty name, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.
Father God, we just thank you for Jordan. Uh, Lord, just echoing a little bit of last night, Lord, but um, we are just privileged um, to have seen this young man grow up, um, Lord, physically and spiritually. Um, God, I thank you that um, Jordan is a church planner, God, and uh, church planning takes guts. God, it takes faith. It takes obedience. It takes sacrifice. It takes tears. Um, it takes hard things, God. And Lord, um, we just celebrate and we honor Jordan's faithfulness in that journey. God, we just thank you for who he is. God, um, how he served here, how he has faithfully loved. Um, God, I thank you just for the evangelistic heart that rests in Jordan. Lord, I, I think of friends that he's brought and invited, prayed for, stepped out in faith and um, spoken about Jesus to, God shared the gospel with, God, a lot of seeds, God, Jordan has sown um, to the lost, God, and I, I believe you're going to expand that, Lord, when he goes to Australia. God, you're going to use him to comfort the broken. God, you're going to use him to point those that are lost back to you. Um, you're going to um, put words of love um, on his heart for those that just need to hear an encouragement, who need hope. God, I thank you for um, just how you're going to use Jordan, God. And I am expectant, God, and just believing, God, that there will be many that will be touched. God, that um, his service isn't ending, God, but expanding um, to just a different arena. Lord, I thank you for just his heart for the least of these. Um, God, I thank you for um, just those that he's going to bring truth to and encouragement to, Lord. But we just honor him, God. And... Um, yeah, Lord, we are just have been so blessed by him, God. And Lord, I'm just excited. I'm excited for just how you're going to use him, how you're going to faithfully move in his life, Lord. And I just pray, bless him, God. But just the word that um, I just see over him is faithful, God. Thank you for his faithfulness. Um, and Jordan, well done. Well done, faithful servant. Jordan, I was praying for you, and I got the word flourish, and then I saw a picture of you walking up a winding road to the top of a hill, and at the top of the hill was a beautiful view of rolling hills and valleys, and I felt the Lord was showing you the new land that he had for you, and it was truly a land of milk and honey, and then I heard him say, I will establish you. I heard him say, I have a place of abundance for you. He's turning the page on your former season, and he's bringing you into a new paradigm where you have known limits and labored to bear fruit. It's now a season to flourish. He's going to bless the work of your hands, and, he, and you will bring forth new fruit. He says, I'm your extravagant God, and it is I who will cause you to flourish and bear fruit. I felt God's provision will flow exponentially to you as you learn to steward new seeds he's placing in your hands. And you have faithfully sown, tended, tended and nurtured his seeds to multiply them and produce a harvest. And now promotion and ownership over cities will come to you because you are faithful. Now, the word that came to my mind as we're right in this moment is the word trust. 
And Jordan, you've demonstrated that you are a person that we can trust, someone we can rely on, someone we can count on. And especially even though Kim and I were only here, like been a couple years here, instantly we like, oh, I can trust this guy. I can depend on this guy. I can count on this guy. And if you ever have any doubts of what you're bringing to Australia, that's what you're bringing. You bring that sense of hope, the sense of trust. People rely on you, and they know that they can count on you. And it's because you have trust in God. Your whole life is always trusting God. And when you trust in God, everything's good. And so I want you to remember that. And you have times when, like, you're not sure. Remember, we have a whole group here, right here, Restoration. And we trust you. We've always trusted you. We've always believed in you, and we know you have so much. So as you're going out to Australia, that's, your, that's what you're bringing, that trust and all of us backing you. And keep that trust in God, and I know for a fact that bigger things, now you, can, you can't even imagine what's going to happen. So, Lord, Jordan, I just pray for you to continue that trust, continue believing, and being that person that people can come to, because you are already demonstrating that us, and we are so excited to send you out to Australia where you can be that, that cornerstone for people as well, that they can trust in you because they see God working in you. Keep on trusting God, my friend. You're going to do so good. Yeah, Jordan, um, as a sign behind us, we, we all read it and we all stare at it. Even during the preach, we all know that Jesus is a big deal here, and he's always been a big deal in your life as well. And now as we're standing on the stage, we're facing the other way. And so if everyone can just turn around and have a look at the words that are written up on the back wall of the church. And that just is a testament to Jordan's life is he's kept his eye on Jesus for so long and he's turning that into obedience, obedience to his word, um, obedience to the calling that God has on his life. So. Yeah, as it says there in Mark 16, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And everything you've done here, Jordan, in Los Angeles has been in preparation for what God has wanted to happen in 2022. Um, you going to a nation, to Australia, and yeah, continuing in the destiny that he has for your life. And we've been blessed to be part of the journey. We're encouraged to know what the journey, how it will continue and what you'll uh, accomplish in and through him in Australia. Jordan, we really love you a lot, buddy. We're so proud of the man that you are. And um, it's definitely hard to see you go, but we know that God has bigger things for you than in this place. And that's what he's praying for you. I just saw, um, you know, a four by four, just a garden. But, yeah, the place that God has you going to, he has acres for you, yeah, to tend to because he knows that you're a faithful man and you're going to tend to that garden so well. And, um, yeah, the seeds will sprout up and you'll see the fruit of your labor, Yeah. So I just um, lift up Jordan to you, Lord. I thank you for the son in this house, that uh, as we release him into the more, Jesus, that you um, have gone ahead of him to prepare a place for him that is um, 
yeah, that he will be well-received and, Lord, that um, you have a future and a plan for him, God, that is beyond this place. And, Lord, we are looking forward to the testimony of all the things that um, you're going to do through his life, God. And so we, uh, we thank you, Lord, that um, Jordan has chosen to walk the narrow path with you, Jesus, that not many others would choose to, Lord, but um, he has been faithful in answering the call that you have upon his life. And so, Lord, we just uh, release him to the more. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Uh, Jordan. Uh, I kind of speak slightly on the behalf of the guys here that you've just left such an impact in our life in so many different ways. You've been a mentor, a peacemaker, someone to slap us in the face spiritually when we needed to, God, someone to comfort us, someone to play Super Smash Bros. with, someone to drive around and listen to funny music in a car, God. There's just been so many things that you've done for us, Jordan, and in a nice way, I hope you replace us. I hope when you get out there, you'll leave impact in the other men around you. That when they think of the person who beats them in Super Smash Bros, they'll think of Jordan. When they think of the person they know will tell them and set them straight, they'll think of Jordan. Because you've left such an impact in our lives, you can't stop with us. Go to the nations, go to the men out in Australia. I don't know who's there, it might be like no young guys at all, but I hope that there's people there that you're going to leave a crater in just like you left in us. So I thank you for that, Jordan. I thank you so much for the impact you've had in my life from personal experience. Just thank you so much, and I pray that there's going to be more men like me who are just appreciative of that when you get out there. Thank you, Jordan. So, buddy, this is uh, very hard, but you yourself had welcomed me into your home, into your life, shared many stories with me, shared many laughs. So we're going to see you later. This isn't a hard goodbye. We'll see you later. We're going to... Get, get older together, and that's going to be very fun. <laughs> but you shared many, many heart-to-heart stories with me and shared many verses with me, so I just want to share one with you. Don't be afraid. There's a commandment that says, do not be afraid because the Lord of God will be by your side. And as us, as we gather behind you, we believe. Yeah, we'll be by your side. So we love you, we'll miss you, and we'll see you soon. Again, just know that we love you, Jordan, and I know you're doing God's will, and he's going to be with you. And uh, we thank you again so much for all the you've done uh, for my family and my boys and for being the, the good leader, the, the good brother that you've been, and you're just an amazing young man, and I know that God has a, a place for you, and, and he's going to open up doors for you, for, for you to spread the gospel, and for you to have your family, and, and we're just glad to know you, and, and it's, again, it's not goodbye. We're going to be seeing you, and we're just so uh, fortunate that God uh, put you in our lives, and you, you've touched everybody here, and, and especially my family, and we thank you for that. Uh, Jordan, uh I just want to thank you uh, for never compromising. Uh, ever since I've known you, just like everyone here has said, you've never complained. Uh, you've been nothing but a, a loving, uh, encouraging man, young man at every level. Uh, just so thankful for you, brother. Uh, we love you. The Hernandez family loves you. Uh, we will always root for you. 
and we will always be here for you. And I just want to thank the Lord. Uh, just thank you, Lord, for, for being faithful to Jordan. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for your continued faithfulness in the days to come. Thank you for opening the doors, Lord, and just allowing him uh, to walk into the desires of his heart. And we just love him, Lord, and we just thank you so much for him, Lord. And and uh, just such a blessing. And um, just thank you for making him the person that he is. Uh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jordan. <clears throat> well, thank you, Lord, for uh, just the man that Jordan is, uh, the encouraging man he is, Lord, just uh, the loving person he is. Um, I know when he steps into room, Lord, he's just uh, such a such a gift, Lord, and just so uh, gracious towards everyone he meets, Lord. Um, I just pray that you uh, that you ready his heart, Lord, um, in the places that he's going to be going to, Lord. That if he's not ready already, that you just ready him up, Lord, in the days to come, Lord. I know he has a. Uh, a little less than a week, Lord, but I pray that um, you strengthen him, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you just give him encouragement, um, that you have people in his corner, Lord, just um, spring him on, Lord, just uh, give him what he needs, Lord, from you, Lord, and just, I pray, Lord, that he's just, um, that he uh, finds those moments, Lord, to get closer to you, Lord, but also get closer to um, the people over there in Australia that need you, Lord. Um, I just pray for uh, that readiness, Lord, and just the um, obedience that he already has, Lord, just to be, um, enhanced and strengthened, Lord, and just, uh, I pray, Lord, that um, for the gift he is, Lord, and um, I'm just so excited for you, bro, um, and I pray all this, Lord, in your name, amen. Sweet. So, Lord, we just lift up this man to you. And the first thing that comes to my mind with Jordan is well done, well done, good and faithful servant. There's so much more. There's so much more for you, Jordan. This is not done. This is not the end. This is only the beginning. As you continue to grow into the man that God has called you to be, the husband that God has called you to be, the, the pastor that God has called you to be, the leader God has called you be, to be. So, God, I just pray, Lord, right now that you would continue doing the good work, God, in Jordan, that you would continue doing the good work, Lord, that you have placed in this, this man's heart for years ago, to love the world around him, to love others, to love you. And I pray, God, that you would continue to have a hedge of protection over this man's body, over his mind. Lord, we pray, God, that there would be blessings, God, blessings that follow wherever this man goes, that salvations would follow wherever this man goes, that friendships would follow wherever this man goes. Strength and wisdom will follow this man. Every time this man opens his mouth, every time he puts his hands and feet to something, God, that you would back him and that you would support him, that you would strengthen him. Lord, we're thankful for him. We're thankful for the son that he has been in this church, the friend that he has been in this church, the leader that he has been in this church. God, and we just pray, God, that there, is, that there would be so much more. We pray, God, that he's ready for that. Lord, we pray, God, that you would continue to put the desire of his heart to see people saved, to come to Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful for this man's yes. Lord, and I pray, God, that that yes to you, God, will continue everywhere this man goes, every room that this man enters. Yes, Lord, what would you like me to do? 
who would you like me to serve? Lord, I pray, God, that, that you would fill the hole that he is leaving in this place. Lord, we're thankful for him, and we're thankful for his call. Lord, we knew that this was going to happen eventually. This isn't a shock or a surprise, Lord. But I pray, God, that you would prepare us and prepare him, Lord, for what you have for him and what you have for us, Lord. Lord, I just pray a blessing and a hedge of protection over his mind, over his body. Use him mightily in Australia. Prepare him, God, for marriage, for leadership. Thankful, God. I'm thankful that this man says yes. Thankful for his obedience. And I pray, God, that his obedience, Lord, would, would, would fall on us. That us too, that we too would say yes to you when you call. We're thankful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for all that this man is to us and all that he will be to us, Lord. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Sweet. So, uh, I just wanted to say thank you guys, uh, all of you. Um, yeah, I think um, as a church, we do lots of hard things, and that's something I've always loved and appreciated, and um, I'm so proud of where I'm from. I'm so proud of my family, my church family, um, and I wear it like a badge of honor, um, and I always will, but uh, I wouldn't be who I am today it wasn't for all of you guys. Um, so many of you have played such an important, such a big role in my life. And I just can't thank you guys enough. I mean, from everything, from support when I needed it to Lewis giving me my first car. <laughs> just, there he is. I just experienced so much love in this place. Um, so, I wanted to encourage you guys. I know last week I, I read Psalms 30, and I, I do believe that God is calling Restoration LA into more, into a season of joy, into a season of dancing, and um, just a season of greater intimacy. And I really feel that for Restoration LA, um, that one, we need to remember that God's love is infinite and that his grace is sufficient. And um, more than anything, he loves us. Everything we do comes from that love. You know, we love because he first loved us. And so he's calling each and every one of us to him, to more, um, to that joy, to that freedom, to all of that. So um, lean into him. I don't feel like I'm leaving too much of a, of a hole when it comes to serving. Uh, you guys serve so well. Um, but keep filling those holes, you know. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and just, just allow God to wash over you, allow him to love you, um, allow him to bring you into those places of joy. Um, so, Lord, I just pray for Restoration LA. Lord, I pray that you would bless them for all of their hard work. Um, I pray that you would bless us for um, the work we do in the community and the love that we have for one another. Lord, I pray that you would be with us and that you would bring us into the more 
that you'd bring us into the fruitfulness of your love and your, your presence and your spirit, God. I pray for growth in amazing and new and exciting ways. Um, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Awesome. So he's not. Le- yeah, he, he's not uh, leaving just yet. He's leaving next Saturday or this coming Saturday. So we still have a few days to, to get with him, book some dinners with him, some lunches with him. Um, but we did want to bless Jordan a- as he's going. Um, he's going to need to find a place to live. He's going to need to find some uh, transportation. So us as a church felt that it would be a good opportunity for us to to kind of uh, bless him financially. Um, So we don't want to force anything. We don't want to do anything of that nature. But if it's in your heart, if God has put a, you know, something, something in your mind, in your heart to bless him, there is a basket right on the the counter there. Um, If you want to do an online giving, all you have to do is put special giving and we'll know that all those finances, whatever that may be, will go to Jordan uh, this week. Uh, but we did want to give him a financial blessing as well, just to kind of help him get started. Um, if you're writing checks, checks can go to Jordan Romero. Um, yeah, so thank you guys so much. Thank you for our long service, but I think it's a very important thing that we have to do today, right? So, Jordan, we love you. Uh, we appreciate you, man, once again. Uh, thank you for who you are. And, uh, yeah, man, go be blessed. Go change the world in Australia. We love you. <laughs>